This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Joe Catella of Dead. Uh, They have a new single out called Kill Beautiful Things. Uh, If you remember the last time Joe came on, uh, they were pushing two singles for an as-yet-unnamed, unreleased uh, album. Uh, So we didn't really focus on that. Uh, Actually... We talked a lot about, at the time, I had just come back from seeing Kanye West at the Donda event in Chicago, Uh, so that was really fresh in my mind as far as what I saw, uh, a lot of the camaraderie of going to a bigger show, having just seen Knocked Loose literally, I think, the day before, but it was one of those things to have gone two years without seeing any live music, to then having gone to the Upheaval Festival here in, in Michigan, in Grand Rapids specifically, uh, where you're, you're basically at a, a festival full-on, to then going to the Kanye West Donda event where you're in a, a fucking football stadium, to then going to a 400-cap, you know, knock-loose, sold-out show, a hardcore show. You know, I've, I've kind of been trying to process getting back into going to shows. Uh, literally, as I'm, I'm recording this right now, Every Time I Die has announced a tour with 68 where they are playing the same room that I saw Knocked Loose in that sold out. Uh, Tomorrow I go see Code Orange uh, play the same room. So it's one of those where it's just been kind of interesting getting back into the swing of things, back into going to shows of of varying levels and so forth. But really the the biggest thing, and, and I know I've not really talked about it with the Kanye West event, is just kind of the bigger picture of what I think the Kanye West event or events, really all three of them, what they really could usher in as far as the live music, the live performance art experience and, and how it can possibly 
cultivate something bigger in that space, uh, especially when it comes to releasing new music. So the funny thing is, you know, like I've said plenty of times with these these chats that I do, I don't have anything pre-planned. I'm not writing out questions. I'm just talking to someone. So Joe literally came in while I was watching a Knocked Lose video of their live stream event. Uh, still the Donda event fresh on my mind. And it was just kind of, it's, it's been interesting to talk to some of these artists and just kind of throw ideas out that I have been thinking about based on shows that I've gone to, experiences that I've been seeing coming back to shows and just kind of getting a, their perspective on things. You know, I really love this conversation Joe and I had. And He's somebody, actually, that I feel like I would love to have on more frequently. But Joe is a, a really well-spoken person. Uh, we, The few times I've had him on at this point, uh, he's not afraid to answer any question. He answers it with sincerity and honesty. And I fucking love that uh, with the guests that I have. Um, this is just a fun chat. It, it's really loose. Um, and you'll hear me bring up a conversation I was supposed to have uh, right after him with John Five. So far, that did not happen. Uh, John ran into some scheduling issues, and that got pushed back. So, unfortunately, you are not prepping to potentially hear a John 5 interview currently. I uh, was still working on getting that going. Uh, something I'm currently working on, though, is actually a Jack and Coke. Uh, my wife made me one of my favorite drinks. Uh, Jack and Coke is just a standard, trusty... Chances are, if you see me at a bar and you want to buy me a drink, Jack and Coke is the one. Uh, it is one of the first drinks that I grew into wanting to have, as you heard me on the uh, Vox and Hops episode with Matt from Cryptopsy. I think I had said that uh, Bud Light was like my first beer that I had, uh, but one of my first drinks was Jack Daniels. Uh, it is still one of my favorite drinks. It is still my go-to. Uh, I will drink just about anything in the whiskey family, from car stairs, if you know your well whiskeys uh, at bars, to I mean, just about anything. I mean, honestly, I will drink and try anything at least once. Um, but this is a this is a well poured drink by my wife. She knows how I like them, and uh, was one of those that uh, when she suggested it, when I said I wanted to have one more drink tonight, uh, she was like, "I poured you a Jack and Coke." So I mean, there you go. If my wife knows that preemptively before I record a podcast to make me a Jack and Coke. Then if you ever see me out in the wild, uh, you will know that I will probably definitely enjoy a Jack and Coke. Um, all of that said, this was a really fun chat with Joe. Uh, kind of covers a lot of different stuff. Let's get into it, and I will talk to you all on the other side of it. show from the other night oh wow Is that right? <laughs> that's not what that was that was actually their like live stream that's on youtube now but uh that was like the first small show i've gotten to go to uh because i've been to three shows since stuff's kind of been coming back to the normal quote unquote uh so it was a people festival here in grand rapids uh which had like corn rob zombie a few others like that and then uh shit probably two weeks ago at this point now or three i uh, went to that kanye west thing in uh chicago oh shit and then the first real experience of something smaller was the sold out uh knock loose show last week so killer man wow you're yeah you're getting back into it i watched one of those kanye things that seemed pretty 
looks kind of strange to me, but is, was he doing the same thing at all of them? No, no. So um, it's weird because it's like there's so a, a friend of mine that works uh, that lives here in town, but he works for Holix, which does like all the music hosting for like when your records have a media link, I get it from Holix. So he works for that company and him and I have been going back and forth uh, for the last like shit, almost like two months since the first listening event talking about what we heard, you know, some of the music you got to hear. Cause that was the only way to hear quote unquote the record. And then you're trying to take in the visuals of what everything meant. And then it was like, Oh, the record didn't come out. Then right. here comes the second one, like two weeks later. And then we're kind of talking about like, okay, like this verse is gone, but now this one's here. And what does this visual represent? And then I went to the third one in Chicago. Um, and that was just on a whole nother level. So then it's a matter of like, all right, like now, like, being in the environment it's like you know there were two people next to my wife and i that came all the way from philly like last minute they're like fuck it we came and hopped on a flight our flight leaves at like 5 a.m tomorrow um but we wanted to come out and see this the people behind me lived in chicago and didn't know it was manson on stage and i was like looked like leaned over my wife's like yo fuck that's manson and then they're like is that who that white dude is oh we couldn't figure that out um but then we're like trying to figure out like, is that the baby up there? Like we're, we're all collectively trying to be like, yo, this is a different verse. Oh, Hey, that's so-and-so up on stage. And, and then we're all just kind of like collectively nerding out kind of over this, this shared experience. But it was just really weird because it's like the thing I've been trying to, to kind of wrap my head around is whether you like Kanye or not, it's relevant, but what, will this listening event where you're basically getting to hear a record before it's, it's still being worked on. Like some of the songs as you were hearing them were not mixed entirely the same and you're selling out stadiums. And it's like, will this now be open up new avenues potentially for other musicians where you can kind of do a, an album cycle or a listening party in a completely different way and marry performance art to a, a live event. And what is that now start doing and looking like um it, it's just kind of interesting to start talking about the bigger implications of what the kanye west thing could do to music moving forward wow wow that was um that was a, a lot about that uh <laughs> not not in a, in, a, in a you know whatever i didn't i didn't think that you know uh i didn't think about it all that way but but you're right i mean it's um a really interesting thing and i you know i watched like i said the the, the first one or whatever it was on, on itunes i think it mm -hmm. was la or something and uh, um i didn't really know what was supposed to be happening you know I, I i didn't know if he was i was like he's not performing necessarily uh he's not playing this he's just kind of playing the songs and doing performance art to it it was interesting and um and i didn't know that he was changing it wasn't mixed yet he was changing songs and, and they had been different and whatnot so really interesting um I think it's a cool thing. I mean, there, there's no, there's no particular way that you should share music, right? Like, I mean, there, and just because we've come to, uh, come to know, uh, you know, like uh, you, you record it, you put it out, blah blah blah. You know, like it, that doesn't need to be the thing, especially now, like you're saying with technology and things. And Kanye is one of those guys that pushes the envelope, of course. So um, I don't know. That could be an interesting thing if that ends up being. Um, something that becomes popular i guess to an extent you know where everybody starts doing it or, or not you know um crazy yeah crazy well i mean i think like the the more interesting 
thing that like my buddy and I have been talking about is just beyond just even that of like the fact that it's love him, hate him, however you feel about Donda as an album, whatever, all of that aside to, to literally have people be so invested in an album, a full album for a month and breaking down every little bit you're giving them and talking about music in this culture that we live in now where everyone's so quick to be like, heard the single, heard the record done. Like, and you're just moving on. Like the fact that he was able to sustain attention for a record that long and it wasn't even, wasn't done technically. It's like, that's just so interesting. And it's, it, it, like I said, you can't help but really just kind of think about it. Cause it's, I the last and we were talking about this it's like I feel like the last record really that captured the fucking world like that was like Chinese Democracy when it finally came out because everyone's like oh that record that's been long rumored to be coming out okay like let's see what this is about okay <laughs> oh man that's interesting yeah yeah no it is cool it's cool that um to give more attention to an album and if there's if there's new ways to do it if this is one of those ways to get people to actually indulge in a full album and actually like you said spend a month like maybe like you would you know um i guess i'd call it back in the day you know like you would get an album you'd purchase it you it would spend like a month or whatever in your cd player in your car or wherever it was and uh you really would indulge in the whole thing a lot more than, than, than people do now oftentimes um, and it's cool to highlight a whole album and to, to get into it. Usually that commentary maybe comes afterward on Spotify or something. They'll, they'll do like, or, or you'll release, you know, demo versions of it. And I think there's something good to that too, because you want people to hear the final version. But it is also interesting to hear, <clears throat> I guess you get to hear it through the artist's ears and eyes, um, to see something come into fruition a little bit more like you know like you're saying the mixes are changing the verses are changing you're still updating things it's kind of an interesting new perspective for people to have because they usually just get that final perfect version of it and um, to, to hear it not fully mixed to hear certain changes that's that's an interesting concept and um i don't know you know i, I have mixed feelings i would say about it i'm sure that would be cool in certain scenarios and other ones not so much you know i'm sure it could hinder certain things but also be very cool in in other ways with other things so um i guess um at least it's pushing the envelope and that's that's cool because music needs that right well i guess an interesting and i'll, I'll kind of explain how i came to this this idea the, like realizing it and then i'll pose the question to you and see if you've ever kind of done something similar so going back actually to Kanye on the life of Pablo tour, when I went and saw that and it's just literally him on that floating stage and it's pretty much just him in the shadows. And when that record came out, I was like, this song sucks. Not really a fan of this song. I don't really know what this is. Then I went and saw it live and I was like, Oh, that was never meant to be like an album cut. That was probably always meant to be when you're in a room with all these people, this is what the vibe is going to do and what the reaction is going to be. Has there been a song maybe that you've been demoing, you play it out and then you're like, ah, it didn't quite hit the way we thought it did, but this part like really hit. Let's keep that work on this part again. And then you end up with a, a what the final version of a song is. Right. Well, it's an interesting thing because I know comedians do that where they go out and, you know, they test out jokes and things like that. I saw, I saw, you know, I saw one time we saw Louis CK, uh, mm. 
in Manhattan. He just he was just in in this in little um, in a little club. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's the one that's that's downstairs or whatever. The, the popular one there. And he just had jokes on his phone, and he was just like reading them off his phone and, and dropping them. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I know people don't like him or whatever, but you know, he's great still. Um, and he, and he you know he was dropping jokes on his phone and. And it was just this, this cool, like you're like you're saying, you know, like a real, a real kind of very organic, very stripped down version, and trying it out. And like cool, and and they do that, right? You'll see different specials from different people, and they'll do a joke, and then you'll see them revise it. Uh, I, I actually just watched that with Bill Burr. You see them revise do a new joke at one point, and it's cool like that. So um, I I think I don't know if we've ever done that exactly like that but i mean i do know you know it is cool to try things out live and if something really goes off yeah you're like oh, okay we got to do something with that for sure um or you just know a song's going to be good in that way because there's no better way than to just play it in front of a, a, a room of people and see how the see how the energy is affected by it you know what i mean um so that's really interesting yeah it's really it's I mean, it's, it's cool that maybe music or musicians can do that and i'm sure they've done it to some extent maybe more jam bandy things um, or more kind of loose, you know, playing bands can do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? When, when <clears throat> a lot of times when we're playing shows, you know, we have a lot of electronics and programming and shit in there. So it's kind of a little more locked in. Um, but that's something we've talked about was trying to get a little bit looser and try to open things up and not be stuck in that, in that world, in that box. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a cool thing and it's cool because I've really only thought about comedians doing it. But um, it's great for musicians to do it, of course. Well, I think, like, it's funny because, like, as I've been trying. So, like, in the last, like, I'll say seven months or so, like, I've kind of, like, because you were on the podcast, like, a while ago. And, I you know, I kind of would come up with a couple of questions and I might be like, that's a really good centerpiece. That's that's the good, like we'll probably be about 15, 20 minutes in, you'll, I'll probably have you pretty like loose and kind of get a feel for, for me and me, you. And then I can ask like this, this really good question, but then I'm going to start piecing together everything around it. So I've created a whole conversation and I'm like sprinkling things in. So I'm like, okay, if that all works, this leads into this, whatever. And then I realized it's like, yeah, it creates a good interview and people like listening to it. But then I was like, but I'm not leaving any room for, for real moments to happen, or I'm trying to force something to get back to where I wanted to go. And that's not how a conversation works. That's not really what a podcast is supposed to be. A podcast is supposed to be two people talking and then people just get to to listen to it after the fact. And so like with this, I was like, I have nothing planned. I even told the publicist when he was like, Hey, we'd love to have Joe come back. And I was like, cool. I'm pretty much probably not going to talk about the single. Cause last time you came on, we talked about those two singles couldn't talk about a record because no record was in sight. Then the pandemic basically happened. And now we, here we are with one extra song since then. And that was about a year and a half ago. So I was like, I'm just going to like have a conversation with him and see where the fuck it goes. And he was like, yep, that's fine. Um, so I, uh, it's funny. Cause as you were kind of talking about kind of being locked in a little bit more due to kind of probably your click tracks, your programs and all that kind of stuff and having a set that's pretty much dialed in, from the jump and will be the same all the time. Yeah. You know, I know one of our mutual big fandoms is of every time I die. Yeah. And I love how that band will read a room 
and then be like, like, I mean, they'll have a set list and there are times where it'll be like half of the set list doesn't necessarily get played or at least not in that order. Cause they're like, yo, the room's really fucking going cool. Let's pick it up. Let's play, you know, floater right now instead of, you know, seven songs later or whatever. Like I love that the, that band just takes so many risks and, and is really about creating a unique environment for that specific show and being totally in the moment. And, you know, knowing that that is a band that you love a, what do you think of the new song that came out a little bit ago? And then B, you just kind of did hit on it by saying that, you know, you're going to try to get a little bit more away from being so regimented, I guess is a good word for it. But in a perfect world, would you like to just kind of go strip away a lot of that stuff and just be a lean, mean, like just straight ahead? Like we're not using the samples, or anything like that. We're just giving you the best of these songs as best as the, the four or five of us can play. Right. Well, I think that there's there's a little there's a there's a give and take with that. Um, I've been in, you know because I've been playing music for a long time and I've been in bands with no you know nothing like that. You know what I mean? And there is a chaoticness to it, um, which is great, and there's a, uh, a liberation to it, which is great. But I also think it lends to certain styles of bands and certain styles of music because um, I also think that. Uh, having like some of the electronics and beats and stuff, I guess the only way we could get around that would be to add in an actual, you know, person to, to be playing things, which is something we've discussed actually. Um, you know, to to keep it where everybody could just—it's more of a jam. It's more of like there's no metronome with with you know you know the, there's a beat that's going to drop in and that kind of thing. Um, although it just sounds really good, you know. I, I remember just seeing Static X one time. And I wasn't even like you were talking about. I wasn't even a big fan, actually. I didn't love. I didn't like them that much. Um, they were opening for Mudvayne, and and I think Barrier Dead played that whatever tour that was. And um, and I remember just being like, "This sounds incredible!" Like they just blew me away, and I became a Static X fan from watching them play a show. And I hadn't been at all. And and I just, um, I loved the incorporation of their electronics and all that kind of stuff happening with them. Um, but then you know, like like you're talking about, um, every time I die, one of my one of my favorite bands for sure. The 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 insanity at their shows, the you know the the chaos and and everything. And there's um there's something that you're just you're not you don't know what you're gonna get a lot of times, and it's really great, you know. Um, and speaking of them, uh, I think that the last four songs they put out, I guess, uh, what eight yeah. wall, um, oh man, uh, I'm trying to think of all the names right now. Um, desperate times, whatever, and then the newest one as well. I, I think it's the best stuff they've put out. Uh, I think it's up there with my favorite stuff that they've ever put out. Um, I think it's incredible. I think it, it sounds um, <clears throat> ferocious, and it sounds like early every time I die, but it sounds newer. And I think um, they did it with uh, they do it with Will uh, Putney. Putney. And I'm just such a fan of his recordings. Uh, the end albums he did, I just think sound incredible. Uh, the Body Count album he did sounds incredible, and, and there's other ones as well. But uh, I'm a big, big fan of his stuff, and I think that he killed it for Every Time I Die. It's a great marriage uh, of making music together. I'm, I'm so excited to hear the rest of their album. I just, I'm so excited about it. I love it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's crazy that you get to a level with that band where you're just like, well, they're not topping that. And then it's like, you know, the big dirty comes out and you're like, all right, you're not topping that new junk aesthetic comes out. You're like, you're not topping that. And then it's like, you know, low teens. You're like, there's no fucking way you're topping low teens. Right. And then your four songs in, you're like, yeah, all right. I, yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and you know, I, I have, you know, their tattoo on my body and everything like that. I mean, I love them and I've seen them probably maybe almost more than I've seen any other band, either them or Alkaline Trio. It's between the two. I'm not sure who I've seen more. Um, and Glassjaw I saw a lot too. Um, but um, I fell off of Every Time I Die for a little while, you know, during certain albums. Um, you know, obviously Hot Damn, Gutter Phenomenon. Um, Big Dirty and, and um, X Lives, and, and then and then I fell off a little bit through the middle there, and then this new one really, really, honestly, like, like I didn't dislike them. I still love them. I enjoyed tracks and everything, but for whatever reason, maybe it was what I was listening to or whatever it was, but this new one really pulled me back in in, in, a, in a huge way, like to where I feel like I love them as much as when I first found them. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? No, it totally does, and it's funny because uh, so I started. I've had this weird thing like where I, I don't feel like I love music as much as I used to in a weird way. And I think a lot of it is because of doing this show. Really? You kind of have to, the way I, I was doing it where it's like, okay, like I'm getting a record. I'm looking for something interesting to talk about. Like, Oh, here's, here's a cool, like this wasn't necessarily a great example, but it, it kind of showcases how in depth I'm listening to everything where it, so Finch is say hello to sunshine. It's like one of my favorite records of theirs. That's funny. And that the other day, that's great. So there's a song. I, I'm blanking on the song title, but there's a song in the tail riff on that song. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's actually the bridge. The bridge part of that song uses the main riff for ink. Like, but they bring it back. Okay. Yeah. And so I remember a long time ago talking to Nate from Finch, and I was like, "Hey, so was that intentional?" Or and he goes, "You know, I don't think I've ever noticed that." So like, because I listen to music listening for, oh, there is something that you clearly were like putting little breadcrumbs, like here's a little Easter egg for you or whatever, that I feel like because I was listening to so much music to talk to people like you and, and try to come up with something else that's different and off the beaten path from what you're going to do on a press junket day to make it more interesting for you, that I was just burning myself out. And then it's like, I don't want to listen to music. I don't want it because all I feel like I have to do now is listen to it to find something like that in it. So then I just was like resorting back to, to podcasts and really like silence, I guess, technically. But it's been in doing like curating a weekly playlist where I'm like, I still listen to music, but a lot of times it's it's older stuff or it's more, you know, hip hop or R&B or whatever. <clears throat> and so I've been doing playlists where I'm like, here's a cool song like. You know, I threw on a Janet Jackson song and I was like, I've always loved Janet Jackson. Here's a cool thing about this. You know, Terry Jam and, you know, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam like did this and they did all this stuff. And if you listen to this, this inspired these things or, you know, whatever. And it's been doing and then for a Patreon thing where I'll do a video explaining why I picked the songs I did and what I like about them or whatever, where it's made me kind of re fall in love with just listening to music and being like, Oh, this, this takes me back to this, or this reminds me of this, or Hey, if you really pay close attention, here's why I sequence these three songs together. There actually is a weird little theme I threw together. And it's in doing that, that has kind of made me fall in love with listening to records again. And then even being at the Donda thing where it's like, you know, I'm talking to people about our love of this one artist or what we've noticed over the other two listening events and what we're seeing and what does it all mean? And and it's one of those that it's like when you are a part of something like that, a collection or a, a, a musical family, I guess, for lack of a better term, and you can see how it's making everyone react. It's like you, you like 
that Donda event, like looking at a whole fucking stadium around me and just people, it's like, people don't know this fucking music, but they're having a good time and they're just getting lost in the moment. And it's like this, this is what it's all about. And then going to that knock loose show. Cause I, all I'd been to really was festivals and big things where I can't be interactive really with other people. And being at that knock loose show, I was like, man, I'm about to be 37 here in a couple of weeks and I'm old. And like, I don't, I don't get down like I used to. And then, you know, they cut into, you know, counting worms and shit like that. And I'm like, Nope, here, wife here, hold my glasses. Here's all my shit. And I went in the pit crowd surfed and all that kind of stuff. And it's and staged over. And I was like, yeah, the next day I was like, God, fuck my, body can't do this that much anymore because i don't do that but it reminded me of why i love hardcore music and why i love aggressive music and in a matter of a week between going to a big large scale hip-hop show whatever you want to call it to being in a small sweaty club it's it's those things in a year and a half removed from all of it that just is like yeah no i do love music i do really love going to shows and i love the experience and what it makes me do and how it makes me feel i (sighs) I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine being in your position where the only thing in theory you could do is just keep creating music. Right. <laughs> to, to get that feeling again, to get that, like, just sense of love of whatever, because I could almost, and I guess that's the question for you. Was there a moment during this pandemic where maybe you were fatigued and just creating because you were like, what's the fucking point? Yeah, there was there 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 was there was a lot of ups and downs. There there always is as as a as an artist, I think. And I don't know if you create music as well or not, or you know, create other art as well. But I mean, I, I and I'm talking to a lot of friends about it. You know, there's always that like kind of doubt in you. You know, where you're like, shit. You know, this or that. There's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and you just got to try to stay balanced in the middle, honestly, because you can get real down on yourself. You know, um, you know writer's block or whatever which which you know oftentimes you're writing you know good stuff but you just feel like everything is shit and you just hate everything you're doing it um and then especially in the pandemic time it was i was creating i started creating even like some weird kind of like um dark wave like like depeche mode nine inch nails you know industrial type stuff and I have that. I sent it to some friends it, it's just even fun to just send send music to like you know your 10 12 closest friends and get their thoughts on some stuff too it's it's almost it's even as exciting as you know whatever you know um and especially to be creating something that's that other people aren't used to hearing and maybe they'll never hear any of that stuff i don't know you know um so there's still even you know even i send stuff to my parents even you know and they they don't get half of it of course but (laughs) oh hey like that or, or you know whatever um just making something and sharing it that's what art is, really. It's just something meant to be shared. That's its purpose, is to, to make it. And as far as I'm concerned, you make it, you give it to somebody, and then they give it to somebody. And um, it's its purpose is to be shared, just like our purpose is to live an experience. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what art does, what songs do. Um, I, the whole pandemic had, you know, our album that we were sitting on. We recorded our music video during the pandemic. Um, you know, there's always phone calls about how we're gonna come back, the tour and everything like that. So there was a bit of like a light at the end of the tunnel for for some certain points, especially when the vaccine started happening and, and everything started opening back up a little bit. Um, but it, it was dark and it was and, and it was like you were talking about I know you I think you mentioned the word nostalgic and I really went into a nostalgic type of thing. And I even actually went even further than that where and I can't think of the word right now, but there's a word for feeling nostalgia for a time period that you didn't actually live through 
and I can't think of what that word is, but if you Google that that kind of phrase, that definition, you can find it. And it was just really interesting, like listening to stuff from uh, the '60s and '50s and '70s, and you know, just times that I wasn't alive. Um, and you listen to it, and you can almost feel like you almost match it up with visuals in your mind of maybe seeing the old Woodstock movie, and like you could almost feel like you were there to listen to Bob Dylan, or you were almost there to listen to CCR or Tom Petty or something like that. You know what I mean? During that time, during their their prime, you know. Um, and I also did that with a lot of night. Indie stuff. I got way into like early '90s, like um, the you know the Lemonheads and Talking Heads and and um, and um, REM and Primus. Just kind of like that kind of weird, amazing, you know, just amazing music that that didn't fit a mold as far as I'm concerned. And and it really brought me back to a time that I was really too young to be a part of that scene. I remember hearing it, you know, throughout my life, but I really dove into those catalogs and I hadn't really done that. And I really enjoyed diving into bands i did that with the simple minds the other night they have the song from the breakfast club and i was like i've only heard that one single why why is that i love that song i should listen to the rest of them and i did and they had a lot of great stuff um i did that with tears for fears recently too so it's just interesting i mean there there is so much out there to indulge in and to find and it doesn't have to be new you know it doesn't have to be old new whatever it is you know what i mean um i found a lot of great new music too so i mean um I don't know. There, there's just so much out there to indulge in and to find, um, you know, because like I was saying with every time I die, even you go through phases, you know what I mean? And I did that with Marilyn Manson a long time ago. I, I stopped listening to him for whatever reason. And I know he's, a, you know, he, he's, you know, did some terrible stuff, but I'm just talking about listening to his music. I, I, I missed like four albums from him at one point because I wasn't into whatever he was doing. I was just into hardcore or whatever I was into at that time. And I didn't, I didn't identify with anything else. And I went back and listened to all these great Manson songs. Again, this was some years ago, you know, and I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of weird about listening to his music at this point right now because, you know, some of the stuff he did, but, um, you know, I feel that way with Michael Jackson too. So, I, you know, I don't know, but, um, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so it, I don't know. It's interesting. There's, there's just so much to, to dive into and maybe you weren't at a place where you were ready to hear that. And that happens with a movie too. Maybe you watched a movie and you weren't ready to watch that movie at that time, but then you see it another time. And it really resonates with you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A couple of points that are pretty interesting, actually, that you touched on there. So I had someone, and that's kind of what also started me doing the playlist thing. But someone had reached out to me on Twitter, and they're like, oh, it seems like based on the people you have, some of the conversations you have with the guests you have on. And uh, I was doing a, a friend of mine's podcast called Discography Discussion, where we literally just listen to a band's discography, go in chronological order, and you talk about it. And you know, I'd make a lot of comments because a lot of the stuff I was having to listen to is death metal shit. And it was just like, that's not really my scene, but like, I'm not going to shit on it. Cause that's way too easy to be like, it sucks. Um, try to find the good things that I can notice in it and whatever. Yeah. But it was, you know, them saying like, what are you listening to? That's new. And I go, I tend to find that I go backwards. So, you know, I grew up with my parents listening to like, you know, their music, like Rod Stewart, the faces, you know, Zeppelin, great white, all the stuff in the eighties and so forth. And before that, yeah. But like, it's funny, you kind of mentioned going and taking a deep dive on people. So, you know, with my love of hip hop, you know, and living in Michigan, Jay Dilla has been someone that everyone, you know, between the roots, you know, common, you know, so many people in that R&B, hip hop, Kanye even, um, that I was like, you know, what? I really should, I should do my due diligence and, and go back and listen to Dilla and see what the big fucking deal was. And I spent like, there's a mixtape on, on uh, YouTube that's like, 
I think it's a five hour mix and it's almost like a stream of conscious him just looping beats. Like here's a beat and then it's whatever. And then here comes the next one. Here comes the next one. And I would listen to that thing for like, I think I listened to it for like four or five months, almost every day at work. That was just the only thing I listened to it. So really get an idea of him, what he does, how he, his transitions and all that kind of stuff. And then I started listening to like his actual albums. So like donuts and you know, all this other stuff. And then after I felt like I really had a good understanding of who he was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start listening to like the, the offshoot stuff. He, the people he used to work with. So like common, like that first common record, uh, listening to slum village and stuff like that. And then it's like, you start hearing like, Oh, this is the influence. So then even going to slum village where like Dilla left after the first record, then they got somebody else. And then on the third record, they ended up getting, they were working with John legend quite a bit. And then Kanye started producing. And then you start going, Oh, now that I listen to a lot of Kanye, I start hearing since he lived in Chicago and Dilla's from Detroit. I hear a lot of the early Kanye being influenced by Dilla. That's where your, you know, college dropout late registration sounds come from to then where you're like, okay, so Kanye is carrying the torch from what Dilla did, which Dilla was kind of taking that lo-fi sample heavy stuff from like the late eighties, early nineties of rap. And then it's like, now you have such a broader spectrum of where hip hop and R and B, how they melt together, going all the way back to Motown and stuff like that. And so you just start getting a bigger understanding of just music. And then when you start listening to other stuff, like maybe there might be a song you have and I'm like, yo, that's totally like a, you know, that's totally like a RZA kind of style, whatever. Cause like he's does stuff with like Shavo from system and they did, you know, these things and da, 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 da. And I can be, I might be able to pick out a weird influence that I noticed from you because, Oh yeah, that's weird. I was listening to a lot of like Wu Tang and a lot of RZA stuff like liquid swords and da, 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 da. And then you just like go down these rabbit holes. So it's funny because I've been going backwards to see what it informs moving forward. And I don't think a lot of people do that. And I don't, again, I don't know if it's because we're in a culture where people just don't, care or don't want to care <clears throat> i don't know i mean um i think it's maybe a certain type of person uh maybe like yourself and, and, my, and myself <laughs> where you have such a thirst uh to, to know you know you want knowledge about things and uh, i'm the same way because i wonder that too and I've, I've expressed that uh at times you know um that i think it's important of course to listen to modern music i think it's just it just as important on the flip for people that that only listen to their old stuff like well this is what i liked when i was 18 and that's all that i'm going to listen to now like that's no good either because there's great music coming out you know what i mean people say music's not good anymore it's bullshit and saying you know people old stuff from back in the day is, is terrible it's bullshit you know like it's it's all it's all relevant and it was all you know um it all had its time and some of it is still just as good now as it ever was you know um and so it is really interesting to go back i, I know i do the same thing and and you know you have to do a little bit of research but it's almost like reading those liner notes in a cd book where you see oh shit i didn't know fucking uh sting sang on that dire Straits song you know the i want my like i didn't know yeah. that my life and i found that you know um actually it just it just happened the other day where like Dan Aykroyd was singing on some song randomly and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, he was in the Blues Brothers too, so I didn't think about that. But it's really interesting when you see that and it's such a fun thing to come across. And I think, you know, there's a reason that we learn history and there's a reason that we, we learn, you know, uh, a lot of things like, you know, where things came from because it's interesting. It helps you better understand where they are now. Um, 
and like you talk about Kanye and you talk about all that, I mean, he's he's worked with so many different people and he's been so influential over the times. And I really did appreciate his earlier stuff a lot more personally than his newer stuff. Um, like you said, college dropout, graduation, that kind of era. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it is, it's, it's really cool. It's really interesting to see. I, I dove back in to De La Soul a lot over mm. the uh, the stakes is high album in particular was very big. I mean, I dove into the Judgment Night soundtrack as well, which I don't know if you jam that much, but so many cool collaborations at that time with like, you know, mainly it seemed like East Coast hardcore. Uh, well, yeah, Slayer was in there too. And it was actually just a mix of, you know, of, of hip hop alternative and, and just the underground put together into, into one thing. And I think it really is like, you know, it's really amazing. There's so many different styles of music and there's so many different, um, I guess, versions of the uh, versions of scenes and things like that where people can come from and we're all influenced. And, and, and nowadays there's, there's so much that's influencing us. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's just, <laughs> uh, it is, it is interesting. You know, it really is so cool. And there's, there's so much to look back on and there's so much, to to find you know uh, the origin of, of sounds. Well, I think it's kind of been one of the things initially when you came onto my radar because like we have a mutual friend uh, in common, like actual friend uh, in Emily that I know. Like to, her and uh, her friend Tiffany, I know would go tour with you. Like literally rent an RV and go on tour with you guys for a little bit on their own, following yeah. you guys around. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been on my radar for a while. And the thing that was always interesting about you guys for me was, and I think I'm a little bit older than Emily um, by like a couple of years, but it's like, it reminded me of stuff I was listening to in like high school. Like, and that's been even the thing, like, you you know, you're talking about East Coast hardcore. It's like, you know, I've been saying for a while, Biohazard is low key, a, a new metal band. Like they have those kind of like bouncy new metal riffs, but they're a hardcore band, an East Coast hardcore band. So it was one of those where when listening to, you know, your first album, I was like, it reminds me of bands like corn bands, the new metal sound, but it has a little bit more of what has now, I guess, sort of become gent where like gent is just another word for heavier new metal really. Um, and it's one of those where I look at a band right now, like not, uh, knock loose is a great example, but I was going to say a band like turnstile who are, incorporating so much in our just a, a breath of fresh air you know doc Coyle, i think put it best where he was like this ep and now now that they have the full uh record out glow he's like i feel like turnstile right now is as important as what uh refuse we're doing on shape of punk to come that, that we're gonna look back you know 10 20 years from now and be like this was the band that really took some chances and the rest of the the scene either changed or started taking different things from that and and adding to it what they will and then now we have these these new bands that are being influenced and, and bringing in so many different things i mean you look at someone like hiro the hero even doing that too where it's like he's kind of political it's kind of rage against the machine meets you know straight up hip-hop or like iced tea body count stuff where it's you know talking about socially conscious lyrics and things but he's doing it differently where it almost feels like let live or like what the fever are doing, which is also sort of an offshoot of like bad brains and stuff like that. So it's like, you're getting all of these bands right now who are doing really interesting things, but they're not, they're not any one thing. They're like 17 different things put together and they're, they're finding their own way. And I mean, even on your, your new single kill beautiful uh, things, it, it's kind of funny. Cause it, it's, as I was listening to it, I was like, this, 
doesn't necessarily sound like anything else, the other two singles really, but there is this kind of underlying thing I'm noticing lyrically, it seems like, where it's like, that is the connection between everything. It may not be a sonic thing that you're picking up on where you're like, ah, yes, here is the dead sound. It's like, no, the dead sound so far from what I've gathered is more the lyrics and the themes being presented. That's what's bringing everything together. And that's what's tying it all together. But you're getting to experiment a little bit more sonically to grow who you are as as musicians and as artists and personally right. anyway right well thank you that's that's great um to touch on a couple things um the turnstile bob is incredible i was having a conversation with my drummer matt and he he i've been listening on turnstile for a bit now and he finally he said dude i just finally listen i've been telling him to listen forever he finally listened to it. he's like dude i feel like it's the first time i'm hearing every time i die i feel like it's the first time i'm hearing glass jaw you know like important bands like refuse as well I think those four bands, to me personally in my life, uh, were bands like that, where I think they influenced artists almost more than than any than, than you know than other people in a, in a lot of ways. And I think that they were um, just so special. And I think that Turnstile is so special, and that new album is incredible. And so just to leave it at that, I mean, I, I think it's probably <laughs> it really is special, and I think it, it is going to influence a lot of people. And I think it just it makes uh, definitely other musicians are going to go, dude. You know, I, I don't know. That's whatever. It, may, it makes <laughs> the Ryzen does that too. It makes you want to be liberate yourself and your sounds and things like that and get a little crazier. You know, I think they do that really, really well as well. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, but no. And then I was going to say to touch on what you were talking about with Dead. Um, definitely, you know the 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 new metal sound that we have. You know that that happens in there. I definitely think you know it's still there on on the new album. It was there on the first album, and I, I always loved the new metal. But like we talked about, I loved everything. You know, like I all the time I listen to punk rock has been like what I started with. You know, like Nirvana was the reason I got a guitar, and I know that they're grunge, but they're way more to be punk rock than than grunge. Um, and and so I come from that place of 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 conscious lyrics of punk rock and of of hip hop, like in the early in the early nineties, mid nineties. You know, where it was conscious lyrics. I always loved the new metal stuff and it was great, but there was always a little bit of a disconnect with, with the lyrics in new metal where it was a little, you know, some of it, obviously the great stuff is great. You know, you can't, you can't hate on, on the great new metal lyrically, but some of it, you know, was, was just not good. And so I, I always tried to always have a bit of a consciousness with my lyrics. It's always been important to me to try to make people think, about their thought process and who they are and what they support and just whatever it is, you know, and take a look at yourself and, and um, that kind of thing. So I think that's that's maybe what you're talking about is the themes behind it. There's a cognitive kind of thought process behind it, and that's just the way that I am. I'm always I'm always analyzing myself, analyzing human beings, analyzing the way we live life and and, and all those things like that. So. Um, I definitely think it's you know uh, a lot of it is is a, is a little bit deeper in, in 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 like in the lyrics than than um, a lot of the the you know whatever you'd call new metal. But um, but I, I I've always loved the sounds of new metal, and I you know there's obviously bands like I said that have fantastic lyrics. You can't you can't generalize on any genre. There's great music in all genres, you know. Um, so anyway, that's that's what I would say about about those statements. Yeah, it's it's funny because as I get older now, I feel like even the quote unquote worst shit I listen to where I'm like, yeah, this is garbage. Like it's throwaway pop, whatever. But then I like, I've always been one that's like, I don't, 
care. Like if you like what I like, like, you know, the other day, uh, someone randomly at the bar, cause I work at the bar a couple of nights a week. Someone randomly threw on, uh, uh it's track. It's track two off of uh Coldplay's parachutes record. And I started singing it. And then it's, uh, it's one that's got the, the really cool melody, the guitar melody. And like, like, it's kind of like really like upbeat and quick. And then it just kind of slows out for the verse. Um, Loud and clear. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Fantastic album, yeah. So I was kind of singing along to my wife's like, is this fucking Coldplay? And I was like, yeah, this album is so fucking good. And she goes, ugh. And I was like, what do you mean, ugh? Like, this album is so fucking good. I was like, the scientist or uh, Russia Blood to the Head, like, okay. And then after that, they kind of started losing me. But I was like, this one record is just, it's so fucking good. And then she's like, I just, sometimes you shock me with some of the shit you like and are, and are into. And I was like, I I don't know. Like, I just, I love it. It's just, it sounds, it's a great sounding record. And for it to be like of the quote unquote band's first record, it's, it was just so unassuming. Cause it's like, everyone knows yellow and yeah, that's an all right song, but it's like, you know, songs like sparks or uh shimmer and stuff like that, or even, uh, uh, trouble, like, Man, just like showcases like the, the range and dynamics of that band, like on that record, it's just so good. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, that's a very special album for sure for me as well. I absolutely love it front to back. It's one of those uh, put on headphones in a dark, you know, kind of kind of albums. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it's still great to this day. And I, I've honestly loved at least a few songs from every album they've ever put out. I just think, you know, and, and Chris Martin just seems like such a bright light as a human being. Um, and I, I appreciate that existing in the world too. So I, um, yeah, man, I, I do love that album in particular. And, um, you know, and, and you, you might, you might think that, but you know, you might think, wow, I can't believe you, you like this or you like that. But, um, you know, there really is no thing that we need to live inside of, you know, I, I'm a huge, <laughs> But I mean, I don't know if people would think that or not, you know, um, he's one of the, to me, one of the, you know, he's written some of the most potent lyrics for my life, you know, um, uh, you know, so, or I really even enjoy some Justin Bieber stuff, you know, um, but not in the same, you know, not on a certain level. I enjoy it in a different level. Um, it only gets to a certain point in my soul and then it, and then it doesn't quite as deep as other things. Um, but you know, I still enjoy you know other things like that. You know what I mean? So it's um, I don't know. It, it, you can't just say I don't like this band of what I know of them and their identity and say that I don't identify with that. So I don't want to listen to it. You know, um, because you never know. You'd be surprised. It's just like it's just like saying that about uh, a type of person. You'd be like, oh, I don't really identify with that type of person. I have nothing. We have nothing to talk about. No, no, you probably do, and you probably have a lot more in common than you think you do. You know, and that's that kind of goes the same with music. I think as well. Well, it's just kind of, it's kind of the funny thing. Cause like, you know, growing up, like I was so segregated for lack of a better term, because it's like, I love sports still do. And that always surprises people. Cause they look at me and they're like, like, you know, like I said, I work at a bar. So the other day I was wearing, uh, I've been thinking about, or I've been buying old basketball jerseys, like from when I was growing up. So it's like, I bought a, I was like, I want a Washington bullets Jersey. But then I was like, okay, like what's someone kind of cool that like people probably forgot about was on that team or whatever. So I was like, I got a Jerry Stackhouse Bullets jersey. Okay. So I got that, wore it to the bar the other day, and people were like, 
whoa, like a Bullitzer's Stackhouse. Oh, man, what do you know about any of that? And then I'm like, oh, I mean, I've been watching basketball since like 95. So like, what do you want me to tell you about? And then they're just like, you know, or like when I wore uh, like this was really interesting. So I went to Atlanta uh, a couple, like during the NBA playoffs. So I went with a friend to go do something else. And then we went to the first round playoff game against the Knicks. And I bought a jersey while I was there. The MLK jerseys, their city jerseys. And my buddy was like, we have to take you to a Waffle House since you've never been to one. So I go, but we get to one in Kentucky. And there's me looking like I am wearing this MLK basketball jersey. And then there's my friend who's Hispanic and he's also covered in tattoos and he's wearing his uh, band's uh, like Miami uh, Heat looking like jersey with his band name on it. And then I'm like, yeah, we we stick out. And it was funny, though, because like as we were talking, I go, it's weird because. In that situation where I just bought the jersey, I was getting what felt like a lot of condescending negative looks for being like, why are you dressed this way? Da, 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 none of it like it does not compute. But then ever since I've been wearing that jersey, like when I wear it out, like a lot of like, again, working at the bar, you know, watching the games, I would wear the jerseys during the games when they'd have them on the TV. I remember like a lot of uh, the African-American people that come into our bar and they're like, man, respect for wearing that jersey. And I'm like, sure. Like to me, it was just a cool jersey. It looked cool. And like it's team I'm kind of rooting for right now. So whatever, didn't think much of it. But I realized as people, they were saying like, it, it means a lot that, you know, you as a non-personal color are wearing a Martin Luther King Jr. Jersey, you know, celebrating his life, his legacy and all that kind of stuff. And then it dawned on me, I go, well, that's, that's probably part of the weird stigma that I was getting in Kentucky where people were like, what the fuck? Like, what weird statement are you making with this? And then it was just kind of weird that it's like, even in that, like sports, it's like, okay, just my love of sports and collecting stuff. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like, now I guess I'm low key making a political statement, even though I'm not, but it's weird how some of these things tie in, but it's all based on a perception of who someone thinks you are based on, zero interactions with you initially sure yeah yeah that's, that's by the way waffle house is pretty cool i liked it you what i enjoyed it i mean it's a greasy diner but it was pretty solid oh yeah waffle house man yeah dude we we hit that on on the road a bunch man we we uh we do uh, breakfast there oftentimes man. we love <laughs> Matt loves his uh his uh biscuits and gravy there i believe is what he gets all the time man yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it is, it's an interesting thing, um, you know, it's, it just goes back, you know, just like the don't judge a book by its cover thing that goes for everybody, you know, all the time. Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's just like, I just like good, you know you know, good vibes, man. And I think, you know, I've met people of every type of thing. And it's just so funny how you, you like learn separation and things, you know, but I remember, you know, growing up and having no idea about separation of anything. Like I just thought, yeah, I just was just like, I love everything. Everything's cool. Everything's exciting. And, and then the world kind of teaches you otherwise for some reason. And it was always so disheartening for me. And I, I still don't get it, you know? Um, I don't know you're not necessarily talking about that, but um, I'm just saying I, I just don't get it. It's such a simple thing. Uh, 
because we all really are the same thing and, and uh, I don't know it's beautiful but I'm, I'm 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 a fan of like what you're saying is the mixing the different vibes together the tattoos with sports stuff with whatever but I, I know so many people that uh, from different you know I guess subcultures I guess you'd call it you know if you're into sports or or hip-hop or rock or or you're into fucking books you know and you're a hipster I don't know whatever like you know like there's there's great people from all subgenres and, and I, I think that there's greatness in all of it and to combine it all together is, is awesome you know and I think maybe you and I are the type of people that combine a lot of things together you know because it's cool to I think it's cool to love a lot of different things I, I think it's cool to support all different types of cultures and music and thoughts and everything like that you know as long as they're cool then I think it's great you know what I mean so um, and uh you know, as long as you're just being yourself and you're being cool, man, then I think it's that's all that's that's all that life's about, anyway, man. Just be cool. So I kind of a, a little hippie at my heart, you know, for sure. <laughs> Must be all that uh, '60s and '70s music you've been listening to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of to wrap it up, because I I literally have John Five in like the next like nine minutes, so okay. you know, I I could keep talking to you for a while. Um, but we had to reschedule, and that was the only time I had to get back with him. But uh. It's funny, kind of uh, wrapping up a, a quick little side story. So I found out, like, I got hit up on Facebook a while back. Um, this person's like, hey, are you so-and-so's kid? And I was like, yeah, those are my, like, those are my aunt. Like, that's my aunt and uncle. I go, my dad is so-and-so. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, my mom is, like, on your grandfather's side, these people, da, 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 so we're indirectly related. And what was interesting is like, I was like, oh, like kind of thought it was weird, but then found out like he's in the industry. Like he does a lot of like lighting uh, design stuff like that for touring bands, like went out with Tesla and stuff like that. He's actually going to be on your guys' tour when you guys uh, are getting ready to hit the road. So potentially like we're still last time we were talking, uh, I think we're he's still trying to figure out like, are you guys going to be on like a really strict bubble? Like no, like can't hang out with anyone really outside of like the tour package and doing a job. Um, but potentially at the show here in GR, it'll be the first time we'll really get to potentially hang out. But it's funny that it's like two of us who have never known each other, didn't know anything about each other, ended up kind of in the industry in completely different facets where I'm more media press and he's more touring uh, stage and lighting direction and all that kind of stuff. So kind of interesting. And then kind of ties into nicely to plug your tour, which is coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Where can uh where can everyone find you, the band, or whatever else you would like to plug online? Oh, just uh, you know, you can just look up Dead. It's D E D. Uh, we are Dead on Twitter, Dead Official on Instagram. Uh, I think it's Dead Official on YouTube as well. And uh, you know, Dead Band, I guess everything's on there. It's like the the landing page for everything. So you can go and check it out. Well, thank you. For uh, for taking the time, I had fun chatting, and uh, yeah, hopefully you had more fun doing something than probably what you're going to be doing <laughs> the rest of the day, which is more like so this record or whatever. Right? No, yeah, it was. This was this was a great great hang and a good good conversation, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoy stuff like this a lot more than the uh, you know the one <laughs> question, uh, and it keeps it more interesting. I don't just say the same thing and it keeps it better for you know people listening as well of course so absolutely well looking yeah. forward to seeing you in uh i think you're gonna be here in about um at the end of next month i think so i'll see you in about a month indirectly from the stage i'll you'll be on stage i'll be in the crowd somewhere i'll see you <laughs> <laughs>
Well, we'll see how the bubble stuff is, but I, I know we got to keep it tight. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to to say hi if we can when, when I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. I'll. Uh, I'm sure Emily will probably have some way to get a hold of you personally or whatever. I guess I can just send you a DM. 100%. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and hopefully, the rest of your junket's not too bad. Yeah, man. No, no, everything's good. <laughs> have a good one. Uh, enjoy when you talk with John Five. That'll be a good time. Man. So that was my conversation with Joe Catella of Dead. Uh, again, they have a new single out, Kill Beautiful Things. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I did see uh, that there was, I think, a, I can't remember if it was a sponsored post by Dead or if it was a uh, comment, like a PRP or someone sharing the video when it first posted. But it was really funny because the still image of the video was Joe with kind of his tongue out. And then basically everyone just latched on to... I don't want to watch a video with a dude with his tongue out that much. And and I thought it was so weird that like we're in this like, I don't want to say first culture, but we're in this like weird space now where people will comment literally on a still photo of something without having literally watched the video, watched the thing. I mean, we already know that that's a thing. People comment on headlines all the time without actually reading the, basically the, the meat and potatoes of the, the actual article they just go off of a headline so i'm not entirely surprised but it was very amusing to see people just being like i'm not gonna watch a video if that dude sticks his tongue out that much i mean whatever i think it's a great video i think it's a great song i think it shows kind of the expansiveness of uh dead's sound uh, especially from the first record from the first two uh singles you know with mannequin idol and stuff like that and you know, I just, I also love talking to Joe about, you know, the new Every Time I Die record. I know he's a big Etid fan. I know he's a big Keith fan. You know, talking about lyricists, talking about lyrics, talking, you know, just, again, really, just talking. I think that's the fun thing. Now that I don't stress about trying to formulate questions that I think are clever or whatever, you know, speaking of Every Time I Die, I feel like that's actually a great comparison. I remember Keith uh, making a comment many years ago uh, when Low Teens was about to come out and, you know, he talked about getting out of his own way. Stop writing you know, every time I die lyrics and they didn't have to be fucking catchy to where people would go get them tattooed on themselves or that they would repeat them back to him or whatever, that he could write lyrics that were meaningful and impactful. And, you know, he challenged himself to do that and having to kind of step outside of himself. And I feel like that's kind of what I've done with the podcast over the last six to eight months is kind of stepping beyond just even what I was doing. And I love the fact that almost everybody we've had on the show since then has really gone along with just straight up going on the journey of like, I don't have questions prepped for you, dude. Like, I'm just going to talk to you. And wherever this goes is where it goes. Um, so I knew Joe would be up for it. I knew that's why I kind of wanted to challenge the publicist and be like, I want an hour with him and I just want to fucking talk. And it did not disappoint. So I know Dead are right now out on tour with uh, In This Moment and Blackville Brides. Uh, as you heard at the end, my cousin, who I've never met, is literally on the tour uh, doing lighting uh, for Blackville Brides. I'm hoping, because the tour is literally coming here in, as I'm recording this, I think about a week. Um, I'm hoping that I actually get to meet this this person that's been in the music industry for a long time uh, that I, I've never met. Uh, and I think that's actually a really interesting and fun fact about this episode is that's something I learned very recently during the pandemic um, to know that I have family that is in this 
space basically just in a different capacity so and speaking of shows if you would like to keep up with dead it's simple enough you can go to really you can just go to deadband.com that is the landing page for everything uh if you want to spell it out for you though you can go to facebook at dead official instagram at dead official and twitter at we are dead if you would like to keep up with joe you can find him on instagram at joe catella and twitter at dead underscore joe that is everything you need to know about them. Uh, if you want to follow this podcast, simple enough, go to BruceBeatPod.com. There's a landing page for everything this podcast. Another really big thing is to support our Patreon. I'm actually putting a lot of fucking content over there. You could have heard this chat, and you could have seen it weeks ago when I had just done it. Every interview I do, I literally upload it within probably 20 minutes of me getting done with it. So you can hear and or see if there's video First thing, as soon as it is done, it literally exists on the Patreon. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Pod For as little as a dollar, you get some extra podcasts, the side podcast, what I learned from a podcast, the weekly video breakdowns of the weekly playlist that I put out. Uh, for $3 a week, you get access to the audio versions of everything. $5, you get the video if there is a video. And for $10, you get access to everything. And we also do a monthly hangout uh, on Patreon. Uh, we'll do just a, basically a, a sharing of beers, drinks, whatever. Just hang out digitally. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so support us if you can. And support our sponsors for supporting us as well. That would be starting off with On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. Use their code BSP15. Take 15% off your total purchase order. Rockabilia.com, where they have over 500,000 items in their online store. You can save 10% off your total purchase order by using our code BRUTALLY. That's B-R-E-W-T-A-L-L-Y. At checkout, take 10% off your total purchase order. want to thank them for supporting us. And last but not least is the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head on over to TheBeanBastard.com, buy you some delicious coffee, and if you're in the Buffalo, New York area, go to their brick and mortar, support those guys and gals for supporting us. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John... And next week's episode is with Marco from Sugar Colt. That was a really good one. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you next week.